All right. Hi, everyone. It's good to see you. So, I think this might be my last clarifying the teachings. Um, I feel like as I have been preparing for clarifying the teachings, there's been no preparation. That was just a, a word. But, you know, as I knew I was going to teach on Sunday, there's always been something that I knew I was going to teach on. And that seems to have uh, pretty much run dry. So I think it means I'm done after tonight. So uh, Jacqueline, Sina, and Rhoda, wherever you are, I hand that off to you. <laughs> Jacqueline says she heard me. Uh, because I'm not going to force anything. I never have. You know, I never have. Like if I was supposed to continue, those topics would continue to show up for me. And they aren't. Which means I'm going to have to work really, really hard with something to come up with to be here. Which means I shouldn't be here. Uh, but I am teaching on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, except for when Helen Hamilton is here, right? So, um, uh, I do have a topic for tonight, but even this one feels a little weak for me, feels a little forced for me. Um, I'm going to just type in the chat for a moment so y'all can see this. Y'all are familiar with this. I, I shared this at the end of my last Clarifying the Teachings teaching, <laughs> which was two weeks ago. Uh, we talked about what I think I see, what I see I experience, what I experience I think. Right, that's the loop. What I think I see, what I see I experience, what I experience I think. And I mentioned that there's a way out of that loop of experience at every one of those junctions. There's a way out at the what I think spot. There's a way out at the what I see spot. And there's a way out at the what I experience spot. And uh, what I'm going to do tonight is just talk a little bit about those three exits. Um, NTI Acts chapter 25. Let me just read a little bit to you from NTI Acts chapter 25, and then I'll, and I'll come back. This is on page 256. It says, you do not know how to see. And so you are afraid of what you look at when there is nothing there to fear. Let me show you how to see so you will not be afraid and you will walk willingly along this path with me. The world is not real. It is like a play with actors playing their roles. Only in the play of the world, the script has been forgotten so that the play seems very real. So again, the first paragraph said, the reason you're afraid is because you don't know how to see. I'll teach you how to see. The second paragraph said, here's how you see. The world is not real. It's like a play. The actors are just, you know, playing their scripts, right? Now, the third paragraph is really the paragraph I wanted to share with you. This play has many endings like slits cut in the script where one can choose to step out of the play. But if one believes the play and is focused on playing his role, he will miss his opportunities to step out. So what I want to show you tonight are those slits in the script. I want to show you how to step out of the play. Let me just read this paragraph one more time. This play has many endings, like slits cut in the script, where one can choose to step out of the play.
But if one believes the play and is focused on playing his role, he will miss his opportunities to step out. Uh, again, there are three different exit points. The what I think, the what I see, and the what I experience. Those are the three different exit points. Those are the slits in the script. But if you're caught up in your life or just caught up in the world, caught up in watching the news, even though it has nothing to do with your life, <laughs> you miss these slits. So I'm going to point at each of them tonight. So the first slit in the script is the what I think slit. Um, for me, you know, again, I can always only talk from my experience. For me, <clears throat> when I was upset, one of the opportunities, of course, that I had was to look at the thoughts that were leading to the upset. And Sina kind of demonstrated this this morning uh, when she talked about some of these thoughts that were showing up in the morning when she wakes up with that, mm, yuck, you know, kind of a yucky, another day feeling, right? There were certain thoughts that were running in the mind, and she talked about those thoughts. Um, when I was upset and and wanted to look at the thoughts and the people who were at the retreat last week, I beat this into your head. So this will be like a review. <laughs> when I was upset and wanted to look at the thoughts, what I always, always had to do was write the thoughts out of my mind onto paper. Or you can type the thoughts out of your mind onto the computer if you choose to. But it's really, really important to get the thoughts out of your mind onto paper. Because as long as the thoughts are just swimming around in your mind, even if you may be noticing some of them, you're probably not noticing, really noticing all of them. And so whenever I was um, upset and ready to look at my thoughts, I would write all of the thoughts out on paper. Um, for example, one of the examples I shared at the retreat this week that I remember somewhat distinctly, I don't remember anything very distinctly anymore, but we were going to Israel, me and some people from a, from a well, foundation for the Holy Spirit. We weren't yet awakening together. We were going to Israel on a pilgrimage, and I wanted to take Jasmine with me, my daughter. But this was in September. School had just started here. And so I went to the principal. I think Jasmine was in eighth grade at the time. I went to the principal and I asked the principal if Jasmine could go on this 10-day trip to Israel. And she'd miss eight days of school. I had one weekend in there. And he said, absolutely. He said that sounded like a wonderful educational opportunity. And he said, however, I want to tell you that we have a, a policy here that if a child misses more than 10 days of school in a year, uh, they automatically have to stay back. And so here we are at the very beginning of the school year, and she'd be missing eight days. That would only give her two more days to miss for the entire year. So what happened for me when I got home from that conversation with the principal is my mind started going just crazy. Uh, and, and again, I can't remember all the thoughts. It seems like I wrote out half a page of thoughts, but I do remember some of the thoughts. The thought was some of the thoughts were, uh, you know, in the rest of a school year, Jasmine will you know, definitely get miss more than two more days. Uh, that means if I take her to Israel, she's going to get held back in the eighth grade. Uh, she's going to hate me for the rest of my li uh, my life. She's going to think I ruined her life, you know, and, 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 and just, and there were others. Those are the thoughts that I remember. And what I did was I wrote all of these thoughts down. And then I was able to look at them. And again, for those of you who are at the retreat this week, this will be a bit of a, a review. Uh, I was able to look at those thoughts and find out how many of them were facts? How many of them were imagination? I also at that time labeled how many of them were just fear, right? How many of them were just fear thoughts? I also looked to see how much of this was ego, how much of this was wisdom, kind of a combination of what I showed you guys 
this week at the retreat. And when I got down, you know, got done just labeling the thoughts, either, you know, fact, belief, or imagination, labeled how many of these thoughts were fear, uh, labeled um, how many of these thoughts were ego, and how much was wisdom, uh, and then sat back and looked at the thoughts, what I could see pretty much what was it was all imaginative fear, and therefore all ego. And what I saw was, although there were no guarantees, there were no guarantees, like Holy Spirit wasn't, was not showing up in my mind saying, I promise if you take your daughter to Israel, she will not miss any more days of school. She will pass and she'll love you forever, right? There were no guarantees. This is really important. There were no guarantees. I could see that everything I was listening to was imaginative fear, ego. And so then I just asked myself, do I want to trust imaginative fear ego? And there was a definite no. And the no came from my heart. If anything, if I, you know, I didn't actually write that down on the piece of paper, <laughs> but if I'd written the no down on the piece of paper, I would have been able to notice that um, it was clear. I would have been, I would have been able to notice that, um, it felt like wisdom, and I would have been able to notice that I wanted to trust that no. The no being, in case you forgot the question, do I want to listen to all of this imaginative fear? No. No was clarity. Do I want to listen to all of this imaginative fear? No. No felt like wisdom. No felt like my heart. No felt like something I could trust. So what I chose to do was take my daughter to Israel. Now, in case you're wondering about the rest of the story, she did not miss another day all year long, right? That's just what happened. Um, but the point is, what I did in that moment was I found a slit in the script and stepped out of the play. I stepped out of the play of ego. I could have gone forward. I could have said, no, Jasmine, you can't go to Israel. I'm scared to death. You're going to miss two more days and fail. Uh, fail, F-A-I-L, not F-E-L-L, <laughs> F-A-I-L. You're going to miss two more days of school and fail. And, um, you know, and then, and then I would have had a new problem. Who's going to take care of Jasmine while I'm gone, right? I would have, would have created a whole new problem. Um, also, she still may have been mad at me for that because she really wanted to go. So it may not have solved anything. It just would have been choosing ego, right? That's all it would have been was choosing ego. And then the next time a new story showed up, you know, again, I, I might have been even more inclined to believe fear imagination and just spend the rest of my life believing fear imagination, which means I stay in the play. I stay at the mercy of ego. So by simply deciding, even though there were no promises, simply seeing this is all fear, imagination, ego, is that what I want to listen to? And then feeling that no, and knowing that no came from wisdom, that no came from my heart, right? All of that. And then choosing, oh, there she is. Speak of the devil. She's, so she's answering a text I sent her like four hours ago. So I'll respond in an hour. <laughs> Um, that's a part of setting yourself free. You see, that's an example of how you step out of a script at the thinking level. So if you write down your thoughts and you begin to question them, you know, you can do this. Are they fact, belief, or imagination? You can look and see uh, how much unworthiness is in this thinking, thinking, how much fear is in this thinking, how much guilt is in this thinking. You could take basically those two columns of information that I gave you all now several weeks ago. Remember when I said, here's several characteristics of the ego, and here's several characteristics of wisdom, and you could look at your thoughts and just label them ego and wisdom. How many of these thoughts are ego, right? And then ask yourself, you know, what do I really want to listen to here? And if you're able to choose not to listen to ego, 
If you're able to choose not to listen to ego, if you're able to choose not to listen to ego, you step through one of those slits in the script. That's how you do it at the what I think level. You write down your thoughts, you inquire into your thoughts, and hopefully make a decision with wisdom. Marisol is asking, once you made the firm decision with the heart, did the fear ego thoughts continue to come up? I actually don't remember. Um, if they did, which they might have, uh, I already knew I didn't want to listen to them, so they were easier to ignore. In other words, once I made the firm decision, even if the thoughts continued to come up, I didn't go back to giving my belief to them. Right? So just because you make a firm decision doesn't necessarily mean the thoughts stop coming up. It just means uh, if you've really made the decision, truly made the decision, it just means those thoughts aren't the temptation they were before. Um, so let me pause for a moment. I want to get through all three of these. So I'm going to kind of watch the clock a little bit. In other words, I'm not going to let questions go on forever. Um, but I want to see if there are any genuine questions. I see Joe has his hand up. So Joe, go right ahead. Thanks, Regina. Um, first, I'm angry that this is your last clarifying. Yeah, I know. I love these Sunday nights. Um, however, um, and you repeated this, I think, three times just now. So I'm guessing it's important. It said, if you're able, you said, you said, if you're able to choose not to listen to ego, you step through a split in the script. Um, can you can you go into that any deeper, or is it just is it, is it just strictly resistance going to make you not able to? Yeah, it's just strictly resistance and believing that your resistance is more you than than your willingness. Mm -hmm. You know, all there is, all there is, is resistance and willingness. I remember yeah. reading that recently. Was that on clarifying yes. the team? The last, the last okay. one you, last yeah. thing you did. I just, yeah. yeah, I thought that sounded really familiar. So all there is, is resistance or willingness. And remember, what we looked at is if there's great resistance, you transcend it with great willingness. Mm -hmm. um, but that willingness has to come from you. And so if for some reason you aren't ready for great willingness, then what will happen, what will happen is you will believe the resistance and you will follow the ego anyway. In other words, um, there's a belief in the mind that the ego is our wisdom. There's a belief in the mind that the ego and fear are there to protect us. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we are able to transcend that belief in the mind, at least as far as I know, is to want awakening more than to want to continue to follow those old habits. And so if transcending ego, awakening, you know, whatever, however you word that with your spiritual aspiration, if that isn't more important to you than protection, uh, you'll fall for the ego because it's lying saying that it's going to protect you. You know, Jesus called it, what, uh, what was it? Um, I remember hired hand was one of them, oh, a liar, a thief, and a hired hand. He mm. called the ego a liar, a thief, and the hired hand. The ego lies to you about who you are and about what's in your best interest, right? It's a thief because it's stealing truth realization away from you, stealing the truth from you, and it's a hired hand as compared to like a, a loving parent, or actually I think Jesus compared it to a, a good shepherd. He was the good shepherd rather than the hired hand. But it's a hired hand in that it doesn't really care about you. You know, it just wants to earn its money or earn its currency. Its currency is your attention, right? Mm -hmm. It just wants to earn. That's all it wants. It just wants to earn mm -hmm. your, your cur its currency from you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really care about you. So it's a liar, a thief, and a hired hand. But we have a subconscious idea that it protects us. And unless we want truth, awakening, you know, whatever more, we will continue to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, I, as you know, I always, always teach that um, your spiritual aspiration 
has to be first and has to be most important because it's what gives you that willingness to transcend, transcend what you previously thought was your protector. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So if there's, if there's a if there's confusion regarding the decision, that's on the ego side of pleasure, right? Confusion. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, you said if there's some confusion, so let me go back to what I just said. Um, mm -hmm. You just kind of looped me right back again. That's why you write the thoughts out. When you write the thoughts yeah. out and start inquiring into them, there won't be confusion. Yeah. If you ask questions like how many of these thoughts are fear, you're going to know. You won't be yeah. confused about that. I promise you. Mm -hmm. If you ask how many of these thoughts are facts, how many of these thoughts are imagination? How many of these thoughts are just old, worn-out beliefs? You're going to mm -hmm. know that answer. You know, if you ask how many of these thoughts are ego, how many of these thoughts are wisdom, you're going to know that answer. So the only reason you're experiencing confusion is because you haven't written it down and inquired. Once you inquire and you have your answers, you know, how many of the thoughts are fear or guilt or unworthiness, right? You know, how many of the thoughts are imagination versus fact, you know, how many of the thoughts are, um, um, did I already say unworthiness, guilt, fear? I can't remember what I said, <laughs> but you've looked at all that. Then, then you know what you're looking, you're not confused. You, you look, know what all those thoughts are. Now all you have to ask is what kind of thoughts do I want to listen to? Uh, and if all of those thoughts are ego, their fear, their guilt, their unworthiness, their imagination, that's called garbage. Then you just take out the trash. You don't listen to any of them. And you'll know what to do. Again, it's not rocket science. Ask the people, those of you who are at the retreat this week, oh, Yolanda's got up and walked away. Drag her back, drag her back. Uh, let's see who else. There she is. Lena was there. Uh Where's the people at the retreat house? There they are. Did you guys, did any of you guys find it hard to inquire into your thoughts and to see whether they were wisdom or ego? No, it was, uh, no. it was easy. It was easy. It's easy, but it required work. Yeah, it was easy. It was easy. Anybody, anybody disagree that it was easy? One person, does one person that was there this week disagree with the statement that it was easy? Not one. So the only reason there's confusion is because you haven't written them down and inquired into them. And again, when you're inquiring into them, you're not inquiring into which of these thoughts is right. <laughs> you're inquiring, is this ego or wisdom? Is this fact, belief, or imagination? Is this fear or guilt or unworthiness? If so, then, that, then that's a disqualified thought. You know, you're, you're looking at it, as the Course would say, with the Holy Spirit. And you're judging or discerning the thoughts with the Holy Spirit. And just to find out which thoughts are garbage. And then those thoughts are disqualified. They're not a part of your decision-making process. When you disqualify all of the thoughts that are not a part of your decision-making process, you know, they're not admitted into the, into the court because they're garbage, <laughs> you won't be confused anymore. There might be one thought left. And it makes it pretty easy. So the only reason we're confused is because we're not inquiring. Um, so with that said, I'm going to move on to the next one. If there's time at the end, I'll take more questions. But is everybody clear on this simple fact? That the way the slit in the script at the level of thought is to write your thoughts down and look at them with awareness, inquire into them. Is everybody clear on that fact? Okay, so let's move to the next thing then. What I think, I see, which means I perceive. Perceiving is really interesting because perceiving is the actual play itself. So perceiving, uh, well, I think I told you guys this before, but I'll repeat it. When I received, uh, this was a single quiet thought. I can't remember what it was. It was I think it was in the, around 60-something, 60 69, 66, I don't remember. 
uh, but we call them thoughts of awakening now. This was a thought of awakening that came to me. And when this thought of awakening came and I was writing it down, what I think, I see, what I see, I experience, what I experience, I think, um, there was a an Air Force sergeant. You know, I, used, I was in the Air Force for 10 years. There was an Air Force sergeant with red hair and a red face this far from my face screaming at me, telling me how unworthy I was. That's the vision that was happening while this was getting written. What I think I see, what I see I experience, what I experience I think. When someone is six inches from your face screaming at you, telling you how worthy, how unworthy you are, that's called perception. That's the what I see part. You see, the what I see part is what appears to be actually happening. And believe it or not, there's a slit in the script right there. And I think I mentioned to you guys last time I was here that that used to be the hardest place for me to exit the script. The other two were easier. But now that's the easiest place for me to exit the script. The way I started, so as a beginner trying to exit the script at perception, which means exiting the script while something is happening, right? While it's happening, while the stock market is crashing, while your partner or your child is mad at you, while you're getting fired from your job, you know, while it's happening, right? The way that I, as a beginner, did this, it was a little more intellectual, but it helped me. I would ask myself, you know, first of all, you know, like, what am I feeling really quick? What am I feeling? You know, I might be feeling unworthiness. I might be feeling guilt. I might be feeling fear. I might be feeling anger. I might be feeling hatred. I might be feeling defense. You know, I kind of look for one thing to keep it simple. What am I feeling? And then I would simply ask myself, have I thought this type of thought before? So if I'm feeling unworthy, have I, or maybe we should say, have I believed this type of thought before? So I'm feeling unworthy. Have I believed unworthiness before? Hell yes. Well, that's where this came from. That's what I would say to myself. That's where this came from, this perception, because it's what I think I see. This perception is here now because I've believed unworthiness thoughts before. So, of course, something is showing up to prove unworthiness to me, what I think I see. And just by taking myself through that little practice, I was able to detach from the experience as a real experience and see it as merely a perception that came from prior believing. Does that make sense? And that's seeing differently. That's the slit in the script. In fact, if I go back to NTI, right now I'm going to turn over to NTI Ephesians. When I find the page number, I'll tell you. There's Romans, Corinthians. Galatians, then Ephesians. Okay, so if you go to page 344, for those of you who have NTI, page 344, it's NTI Ephesians 5. <laughs> and about halfway down the page, you'll see where it says verses 8 to 14. It says, this is the loop of experience that you see. Now listen to this. Your past thoughts stand now reflected back to you because they have come as you have asked. Your past thoughts stand now reflected back to you because they have come as you have asked. Because I've believed in unworthiness, Here's this person telling me how unworthy I am. Because I've believed in fear, here's this fearful situation. Because I've believed in lack, here's the situation that appears to be lack, right? Because, right, that's what this is saying. Your past thoughts stand now reflected back to you because they have come as you have asked. Then it says, be grateful for the process that is you. 
Be grateful for all it is and all it teaches you, for it teaches clearly what you are. It's teaching me, even this guy six inches from my face screaming at me, telling me how unworthy I am, is teaching me, well, that I am God, that I am the creative process, because I have given attention to unworthiness and created a perception of unworthiness. That's what this is saying. This is the creative process. I've given attention to fear and created a perception of fear. Right? I've given attention to blame and created this situation of blame and defense. And what I found is as I went through this process of asking, you know, when, I, when, when someone was somehow telling me that I was unworthy or not good enough or when a fearful situation was in front of me or whatever, every time I asked, what is this? identified it, and then asked myself, have I believed these types of thoughts before? Guess what the answer was? Every time, yes. So I was able to see over and over and over again, I created this with the what I think I see. And But then the next question becomes, do I want to create this again? Do I want to, while it's right here, and this was the moral of the vision that came with this, while it's right here with this person screaming in my face, telling me how unworthy I am, I can now see that I created this by believing unworthiness thoughts before. Do I want to believe unworthiness thoughts again now, even while this person is screaming at me, telling me how unworthy I am? And the answer is no. So how am I going to see this? Just as past thoughts reflected back to me and nothing more than that. Do you see? I'm not going to believe I am unworthy in spite of what he is saying. Because that's just going to keep the cycle going again. That's not the slit. I'm going to see this as my past thoughts reflected back to me and nothing more. And that's how I step out at the level of perception, by not believing it even while it's happening. Seeing it as nothing more than my past thoughts reflected back to me. Nothing more. Now, I mentioned to you that in the beginning, that was the hardest of the three exits for me. Now it's actually the easiest. Isn't that funny? It's the easiest because at some point, once you become a pro at this, I don't know what else to call it, well-practiced, that's a pro, right? Once you become a pro at this, it becomes very easy just to meet everything with equanimity, and all you have to ask yourself while it's happening is, do I want to believe this again? It becomes very easy. Do I want to believe this again? The answer is very clear, no. And so even while it's happening, you find you cannot believe it. Isn't that amazing? Even while it's happening, you can find you not, you not to believe it. And you don't have to lie to yourself. I've heard people lie to themselves like, oh, that person didn't really mean that I'm ugly. Well, that, that's what they said. They probably meant it. Let's not lie to ourselves. <laughs> they were believing it when they said it. Let's not lie to ourselves. But the truth is, what enabled this person to come up and tell me how ugly I am was all of the previous believing of the unworthiness thoughts, you see? I opened the door. I enabled it, right? So it's you don't have to lie about the appearance. You don't have to pretend like the appearance didn't happen. You just have to be honest about how appearances are created. It, it's, you know, I, I can't count the number of unworthiness thoughts I've believed in my lifetime. Of course, somebody's going to show up to prove it to me. I've been begging for that, right? I've been begging for that as creator. And then again, at some point, it actually becomes easy just to see appearance as appearance and nothing else. And when you get to that point where you're just seeing appearance as appearance and nothing else, you can not believe things in an honest and genuine way while they're showing up. In other words, you don't believe them as real. You see them as appearance. And that's completely different. 
right? You don't believe them as real. You see them as appearance. And you know appearance has come from past believing. So I'll pause here for a moment and see if there are questions related to this exit. All right, Lena. Uh, dear Regina, can we create for someone else? I know uh, that we are gods uh, for ourselves, that's for sure. Yeah. How is it about somebody else? Well, the interesting thing is, <laughs> this is an annoying answer, Lena. I'm going <laughs> to, the interesting thing is there is no one else, but let me explain what I mean by that. Right. Right. right? We are actually all one consciousness. So I don't mean the way some people understand it, that like there's a Lena, but there isn't really a Violet, for example. That's, you know, it's that Lena and Violet are all one consciousness, right? We're all, all one consciousness. So whenever we are giving believing attention to anything, we are giving believing attention to it for everyone. The way that NTI Ephesians explains that is you, a thought comes into the mind, you believe it, you send it out into the world. And then it also comes back to you. So every time any of us believe something, we are believing it for everyone. We're sending that vibration out into the world, which means they're also going to receive those types of thoughts, right? So, yes, we're believing it for everyone. And when we don't believe it, when we start practicing exiting out of these slits, when we don't believe it, we're also not believing it for everyone. So, an unworthiness thought, for example, comes into my mind. I see it as just a past thought coming back, an echo. I used to use that term a lot too. That's just an echo is what I used to say to myself. That's just an echo. I'd forgotten that. Thank you for reminding me by asking this question. An echo comes in. I say, that's just an echo from the past, right? And I don't believe it. I also don't send that back out. No. So I don't know how to measure this, but let's just make up a number. Let's say there's a ton, there's probably 20 tons of unworthiness thoughts out there. Now, at least a fraction of a percent less because I didn't believe one thought, right? So every time we don't believe, we don't believe for everyone. It doesn't mean all unworthiness immediately disappears because there's still lots of reverberation of previous beliefs out there. But there's one little bit of that that didn't get set back into the hole. So, there really are no others. So, everything we do, whether it's egoic or whether it's clarity, we do for everyone. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. How interesting, how I fall for the same and the same questions. And as soon as you start to tell, I remember about it. Yeah, of course and, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I keep forgetting. And of course, it's not only me. Thank you, Regina. Yeah, thank you. Of course, it's not only you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember when I used to sit down and write with spirit every morning because I still perceive myself as the student and my teacher was within, right? Yes. Uh, I remember there were lots of days that I would ask a question and spirit would start to answer and I go, oh, yeah, you've told me this before. That was hard. So we just need to practice. We just yeah, but at some point, at some point, uh, there is a shift that occurs if we just keep going to our inner teacher, keep going to our inner teacher, keep going to our inner teacher. You know, what happened for me was I was told um, that I had, I taught, I taught this to y'all too, I think, the resistor, the doubter, and abiding, right? This is why I need to quit. I've already told you everything. <laughs> but I was told that I had had a very healthy doubter phase, which means a very healthy phase of asking questions, and getting answers, but not seeing myself as the answerer, not seeing myself as the teacher, as the wisdom, and that it was time for me to stop the doubter phase and step into abiding, knowing that whenever I needed an answer, it would appear. And I will tell you that what I have discovered by choosing to step into abiding, this doesn't mean you walk around knowing everything all the time. In fact, typically you feel pretty empty headed and feel like you don't know anything. Yeah. But when you need to know something, it miraculously appears. It's like you have access to this conduit that will pro provide you with whatever you need to know whenever you need to know it. So it's not a head full of crap, right? It's emptiness and availability to be fed whatever you need to be fed in the moment. 
Yes. Thank yes. you so much. And yesterday I was flying home uh, from retreat and uh, I wrote a couple of pages uh, what uh, uh, I was uh, like disturbed or something in uh, in my day. And uh, when I and I didn't do anything and today came twice clarity than it was yesterday. Good. Like a bonus for me. So thank you, Regina. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to move on to the third exit point, and then if we have additional time at the end, I'll take additional questions. But what I think we've seen that the way you exit the script at the what I think level is you write your thoughts down and you inquire into them with wisdom, right? What I think I see, the way you exit at the what I see level is remembering that this appearance showed up from past believing. And that's all it is. This isn't real. This doesn't prove, this doesn't prove anything except that I believe this type of thought before, which isn't rocket science. You can easily look back and say, oh yeah, I've believed unworthiness. Oh yeah, I've believed guilt. Oh yeah, I've believed fear. Oh yeah, I've believed attack and defense. I mean, it's so easy to see. Oh yeah, I can see where this came from. And that's all it is. It's just an appearance showing up from past believing. Now, the next exit point in the loop of experience is what I experience. What I experience is talking about what I am feeling. That's talking, that's not the perception. The perception was the what I see. What I experience is the guilt I feel, or the fear I feel, or the anger I feel, or, you know, it's, it's, we could call it emotional. It's the emotional part. I'm going to ask you guys this, since this is my last night. If you don't know this answer, I should never have come. What do you think Regina Don Aker's teaching is about the exit point at the level of emotions? Okay, Joe, go ahead. Give it a try. Oh, no. Is this a pass or fail thing? Well, we'll I, was find gonna, out. I was going to say rest, accept, and trust. That's an A+. Plus. That's, just- <laughs> That's an A+. Plus. You pass. Yeah, that's it. That's how you escape, not escape, but exit, exit at the level of emotion. You practice rest, accept, and trust. And remember, rest, accept, and trust. Rest means rest the mind, which really means don't continue to give believing attention to the thoughts. Shift away from giving believing attention to the thoughts. And I think I've taught you all before I used to do that with self-talk. Now I just go to silence, but I didn't used to be able to just go to silence. So I would go to self-talk and I would say things to myself, usually starting with, okay, breathe, breathe. And I might refer back to Acts 7 or Acts 8, which I read to you when I was here two weeks ago, Acts 7 or Acts 8, remembering, you know, this is like a storm. And when the storm comes up, the storm seems strong. But the only way the storm can remain strong longer than a short time is for me to continue to give it my believing attention. So instead, I'm going to rest my mind now. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to trust that this is also just echoes of prior believing. I am not going to believe anymore. The fact that I feel guilty does not mean I am guilty. This is a creation. The fact that I feel fear does not mean there's something to be afraid of. This is a creation, or as the Course would call it, a miscreation. It's the effect of having believed thoughts again, right? And I would just remind myself, I would somehow coach myself so that I wasn't going back to believing the story, but I I would allow my mind to be clear with wisdom through my own self-coaching. That's rest. Accept. Accept means accept the feeling. Uh, I'm not here to, to, to push this feeling away. I'm not here to wish this feeling wasn't here. I'm not here to wish this feeling would go away or end. I'm here to accept it. I'm here to allow it. I'm here to be with it, right? I don't want to get in the way of it at all. Whatever is here is something that I've created through prior believing. And, you know, you could argue I've created a certain amount of it, 
I would be happy if this ran long enough that everything I've created can run out. Now, I found that never happened. There was never one being with guilt that ran out all the guilt that I'd ever, that I prior believed, right? There was never one being with unworthiness that ran out all the unworthiness that I prior believed. There were several, I called it chunks, felt like chunks. But you know, there did come a time when I was, when I, I didn't know it till I, till later, but there did come a time when I rest, accepted, and trusted with that for the last time. Like I can tell the story of the last time I had to rest, accept, and trust with guilt. You know, the last time I had to rest, accept, and trust with unworthiness. It's not, I don't think I'm there yet with fear. I'm there with certain kinds of fear, what I call psychological fear. I don't think the fear of death has been transcended yet. But when it is transcended, guess what that will be? The last time I had to rest, accept, and trust with fear. You see? So there, for the, so there, was for a lot of these things there was a last time i had to rest accept and trust with hate for example there was a last time you know even though there were many chunks many times there became a last time when those things were done but one way they became done one part of the important way they became done was the rest part of rest accept and trust because guess what happens every time you believe a thought you make more of that. In fact, the image that was given to me was emotion as a pie. Believing the thought was making a pie. The emotion was eating the pie, digesting the pie, right? Swallowing the pie and digesting the pie and eliminating the pie, right? The whole process. You eat, then you digest, then you eliminate, right? And basically what I was taught was that for every pie I I make, for every pie I take the time to make by believing thoughts, I am going to have to eat, digest, and eliminate. So if I ever want to get where I'm not eating, digesting, and eliminating pies, which we're talking about emotion here, I also have to quit making the pies, which means at some point I got to quit believing the thoughts. So what this means is if you, you can rest, accept, and trust until the day you die, but if you're still believing thoughts which means you really aren't resting. If you're still believing thoughts, you're going to keep coming back here again, right? Because you made more. Another example I was given was like a jar of muddy water. And I can pour the muddy water out of the jar, but if I then turn around and fill the jar up with more muddy water, guess what I have? Another jar of muddy water. So this is why looking at the whole thing is important. What I think, I see. What I see, I experience. What I experience, I think. And again, that's a loop. Not only can you exit at each one, but think is always the top. So although you can exit at experience and you can exit at perception, Somewhere along the line, you also have to start exiting at think. You have to, at some point, be writing your thoughts down, inquiring into them with wisdom, and seeing with such clarity that they aren't worth believing and therefore stop giving your believing attention. Or the whole circle just keeps starting again. Right. And, and it's a loop. This is what somebody brought up a couple of weeks ago. It's just a loop. It loops around, loops around, loops around. So what this really means is to the best of your ability. You want to write your thoughts out and inquire into them to the best of your ability. You also want to remember that when something is happening in perception, that's a reflection of past thoughts. You don't want to go into believing what's happening in perception. Because if you go into believing it, you're actually, you kind of go right back to the what I think immediately. You're making more pies. So you want to write down your thoughts, inquire into them. When the perception happens, you want to remember that this is just an appearance created by past thoughts, past thinking. And then when the feelings come up, the feelings are also another type of effect created by past thinking. 
you know, Sina talked this morning about how when she woke up in the morning, the feeling would come first, then the thoughts. That is true, I'm sure, for her for that morning. But the thoughts came, were believed before at another time. The thoughts always come first, but not necessarily that day. Does that make sense? That's just where Sina was in the loop or where she is in the loop when she wakes up. When she wakes up, she wakes up at the I experienced level. And then it kicks right back into the thoughts. She demonstrated that. And if she keeps believing the thoughts, then she's going to keep waking up at the I experience level and go right back to the thoughts. And the loop continues. So just like you can exit the loop at any of those three, you can continue the loop at any of those three. Do you see? So what you want to do is you want to embrace all of your exits. Or what we taught people in the retreat last week, sometimes the emotions are really strong. And when the emotions are really strong, you actually can't inquire into your thoughts then. You'll find, I mean, if you haven't found that out yet, you will find that out, right? It's just like there's too big of a storm going on. So when the storm is going on, you rest, accept, and trust. But if you rest, accept, and trust, at some point, the storm calms down, right? Every time. That's when you inquire into your thoughts. Because if you never inquire into your thoughts, if you never learn for yourself that the thoughts are not worth believing, you'll continue to believe them. And even though it says what I think, I see, what I see, I experience, what I experience, I think, the truth is believing the thoughts is happening at each of those points if you're not careful. The believing the thoughts isn't just at the top of the dial. When you're in a perception, you guys all know this, when you're in a perception and something's happening, aren't you usually believing thoughts right then? When those feelings kick in and those thoughts start to come, aren't you usually believing the thoughts right then? Right? And then, of course, believing the thoughts, the what I think is believing the thoughts even after the perception has passed. And even after the emotion has passed, that's what the top of the dial is. You know, so now something happened yesterday and I felt a feeling last night and today I'm thinking about it. That's the top of the dial, you see. But the thinking happens all the way around. The thinking is what mostly needs to be questioned and seen through. When we stop believing thoughts, we will also eventually not have all of these emotions, when we don't have all of these emotions, that is called peace. Then we live life with peace, contentment. We also will begin to see all appearances differently. It doesn't mean appearances don't show up. It just means instead of seeing them as real life and really important, you start to see them as temporary appearances. You literally start to see things as temporary appearances. And when you're seeing things as temporary appearances, they do not affect you like they did when you saw them as real. So, uh, George, you have a question. Uh, thank you. Um, sometimes when the emotions are really powerful, I just go straight to Holy Spirit and just say, just show me what to think and try to concentrate on my relationship with Holy Spirit. And it, how is that does that contain all of this in a way? Well, I would say if you're really focusing on your relationship with Holy Spirit, you are practicing rest, accept, and trust. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's just another way of doing it, kind of a, a different mode. Yeah. All right, Glenn and Yolanda. Uh, just, just me, really. Um, <clears throat> thanks for this. Um, would you say that this is... Uh, a way or a technique or an understanding of I'm hearing that's why I'm asking of mm -hmm. making my unconscious dial interior dialogue conscious yeah and exploring and finding out that there is like an interior dialogue in this all like sort of unconscious like moving that I'm doing that I'm not I've, I've, I've wholesale talking about me I've wholesale given authority over to 
beliefs and understandings and, and, and you know whole systems that I've never even examined or that automatically believe because I've been taught or that was the way I was raised or my brain is shaped this way or whatever without ever examining. So the method or the idea is to become conscious of the ways I am not conscious. Yes. And you, and you are doing that when you're looking at your thoughts, when you're looking at your perceptions instead of believing them. Like, remember when I said at the perception level, I would kind of ask, what is this? Oh, this is an unworthiness perception, or this is a fear perception. Have I believed that kind of perception? Have I believed those kinds of thoughts before? Yes. So you're kind of looking at it, looking at the content of it, rather than just being all caught up in believing it. And then the same thing with the ex- with the experience or the emotion level, right? So all three of them are showing you what you've been unconsciously believing. In fact, that thought of awakening says, what I think I see, what I see I experience, what I experience I think. And that is why reversal is needed. Mm-hmm. That's how that ends. Mm-hmm. Reversal being stopping the believing of all of it. Right. Yeah. So what, see, in my brain and, and what's going on with me and my, in, uh, my perception, I look at this or understand this as um, there's a paradigm in which my suffering is my identity. Uh-huh. You know, and this is the exit, these are the exits and what I, I mean, using your word exit. Yeah. These are, th- these are exits out of the paradigm in which my identity is suffering. I can't have what I want. Everything is wrong. Uh, my, uh, my my body isn't the right one. My relationship isn't the right one. My job isn't the right one. I certainly don't have all the right hair in all the right places. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like something you know, like I was talking about tonight really re- resonated with me. And for a while in the beginning of my relationship with Yolanda, Yolanda thought I was kind of crazy because I wouldn't just leave and I was I was unwilling to leave an argument. Yeah. You know, now you can leave and everything's, you know, everything's, there's no problems. Like, I w- didn't want to f- leave. This was important to me, you know. I knew that uh, the new, uh, those guidance of Holy Spirit says, do this, right? <laughs> this is, this is important. So it's like, she got really kind of frightened with me because I was so willing in the beginning to like fight honestly or like to say, I'm scared. I'm really, really scared. Or I'm. I think this is. You know, this is happening. Or this is happening. You know. Yeah. So yeah. that's. Thanks for. You know. Thanks for Thank this. You, you know. You. But to try this on new people, and to actually be present with all your upsets and and like show and everything like that can really frighten people. Yeah. It had, it's been my experience. It's been my yeah. experience. So you know. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I have a couple of minutes left. So what I'm going to do at this couple of minutes is uh, say goodbye. Um, again, this is my last clarifying the teachings. Uh, just to let you know, I didn't know that until about five minutes till we started tonight. Uh, so this is why I haven't told Sino or haven't told Jacqueline or anybody else in advance. I didn't know myself. I knew as I was getting ready, as I was turning on the computer and grabbing the book, that this was the last topic I had to share. Um, what some of you might want to do on your own time is go back to the very first clarifying the teachings now that you've got beginning to end and listen again. Right? Listen again. And while you're listening, what you want to do is just continually ask yourself, what do I want to do with this? Right? This is about you. It's not about me. What do I want to do with this? Start at the first one. Sina, do you know what week this is? I don't remember. Maybe 30-ish, close to 30. I don't know. Um, Sina, maybe go peek if you have time. I'll peek. He can come back and tell me. Yeah. So, but it's not, you know, it's not a hundred weeks. It's not 200 weeks. You know, it's, it's less than that. So if you just go back and listen to them now that you've heard everything and it's all going to tie together, right? It's all going to tie together and then ask, what do I want to do with this? Because if you do nothing with this, you get nothing out of it. Okay, so this is the 31st week, is what Sina is saying. So that's what I thought, around 30 weeks. Um, 
Again, the only reason I'm not returning is because I have not been given a, a drop, a download of any more topics to discuss. Uh, so I must be done. But I'll be here on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Uh, and I just started a book there, so who knows, that could go on for a very long time. We'll see what happens. I've been here on Sunday nights for as long as I can remember, years before Awakening Together even started. Uh, I probably started on Sunday nights around, my guess, 2007, possibly before, but I think it was 2007. So I've been on Sunday nights in this time slot forever. And it's going to feel very strange not continuing during this time. Um, thank you, everyone. My time is up. Thank you.